Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Today's guest on Boots and Backstraps is me, producer Danny. I tell Tom and Shane all about my start as a DJ, and I share some behind-the-scenes stories from the Roddy Cowboy Show and my work on HGTV. Ladies and gentlemen, hunters and huntresses, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Come on now. Hunt is on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods, tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots, head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. This is the show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today, from big bucks to bull elk, we've got it all. Hey folks, <laughs> welcome back to Boots and Backstraps for another episode. I'm your host Shane Michael and I am joined in studio by my uh, dashing and experienced hunting co-host, Mr. Tom Cap. Come on now. Come on now. I gotta get that otherwise I feel deprived in every That's episode. Right. It's gotta be there. It's good to be here. Got yeah. a fun show ahead of us. We do. We've got a, a, a guest that everybody will know because we talk about that guest on every episode. Well, she, they'll certainly be uh, familiar with her voice. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she says as many sassy things when she's on camera as when she's off camera. Because that, you know, that can happen sometimes, TK, you know. I know. People tend to be less sassy when people can see who's the one being sassy. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, had a, a break for a couple months for 2021 yep. to kind of wrap up the year. And uh, that's because we're off killing animals in the woods, right? We're out hunting uh, out in South Dakota and Minnesota and Wisconsin. And uh, we just didn't have time for the podcast. And then the holidays rolled in. So yeah. we had to spend time with family and uh, do Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve. And now we're back. It's what? Today is January 8th. And uh, that's obviously not when this is going to air. But yeah, it's great to be back in the saddle, so to speak. And we should, uh, mentioning what you said about the holidays and that kind of thing and gathering with families, uh, we would be remiss to not mention our boots and backstraps holiday party, right? Christmas oh, party. Oh, we had fun. Wasn't that fun? Yep. Now, some stuff happened on that that we can't talk about on the episode, but there's other things. We sure ate good. We did. I mean, oh. I'm wondering right now, and maybe we'll put some pressure on our guest, but are you excited about the uh, cooking with Tomcat that's going to come out with that? <laughs> <laughs> are we doing a cooking with tomcat you did that night remember oh, yeah we did yeah mm -hmm. actually you took some footage of that we had uh at our restaurant our former restaurant red oak steaks and wine in line of lakes we used to serve uh steak bites and <laughs> they were such a hit they were tenderloins diced flash fried so they'd be rare medium rare anyway i did that with antelope and uh venison mm -hmm. bites tenderloins and it was spectacular but there was so much so much your cheese dip uh all the stuff all the food there was great that night i think i gained a few pounds pretty much everybody in town well not everybody but a lot of places in town do the steak bites right. i like to use the quotations because a lot of times they're not good yeah like what for whatever reason it could be poor cuts of meat right could be the preparation could be the sauce they use how long it sits under the uh I would um, say poor cut of meat is probably the number one problem because they wind up with that meat and they don't want to dice up their tenderloins mm -hmm. or even their ribeye right? Uh, because that's such an expensive cut of meat to do an appetizer with. But we did. 
Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. you had ethics and yeah. you cared about the the product you're sending out. Yeah, we did. We cared more about uh, our customers and the product we were putting out and the service. Uh, we cared more about that than making money. We made money, but uh, the money was literally really secondary for us. Which is why you were a five-star steak restaurant. That's right. Anyway, so getting back into uh, this week's episode, we've got a lot to talk about, uh, but we should start by talking about the whiskey that we're drinking. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so our whiskey of the week is uh, Michter's Rye. So we've had Michter's on the show before, um, but uh, this is the first contribution that we've had or entrance into our whiskey foray since we started this little segment of the show that's rye-specific. Mm-hmm. So rye is not bourbon, it's not sour mash, it's not scotch, it's not Irish. Rye is its own category in the whiskey family. And I don't think there's that many f- people, they've heard of rye. Yeah. And I think most people were educated on the word rye from Don McLean. Everyone was drinking whiskey and rye. Whiskey and rye. It's, it's very a popular in Canada. Great song. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, so a, a good description for rye specifically is it ends up being something that's a more of a palatable balance between your bourbon which has a tendency to be more sweet because it's heavy on the corn and something that's in the in the scotch which is exclusively peat in its fermentation and they use that peat to create a heavy smoke flavor or some people even describe like me would describe it as ash Mm -hmm. flavor in it and that's for some people it's not for me for sure I, d- I don't care for it scotch drinkers probably love it they do for sure they do um including nicole our production assistant her guy brian loves scotch <laughs> that's not my jam at all um i like the bourbons I, I like the sweeter version for sure um and uh and i definitely like the strong proof too so this rye is kind of in between now the thing with this mector's rye is that i usually and the other ryes i've experiment experimented with still do not care for it because it has too much of that scotch flavor to me mm-hmm. because of the rye content versus corn this particular rye as you get the sample before we started is definitely closer to the bourbon side right, of the family right tell the folks uh what rye is you know it's a plant yeah rye is a plant like a wheat it is yeah so it's it's like a weeded bourbon rye is a plant um that uh is sort of a field grown product it's not forestry grown and uh, when it's harvested it's dried before it goes through that mash process and gets fermented Mm -hmm. um and uh so the the way that rye comes off to me is it typically Scotch has that very heavy smoke. Rye den- tends to be a bit, a bit more herbal to me mm-hmm. in flavor. And uh, this, as I mentioned before, this particular rye just is way less on the herbal and, and a little bit more balanced on that bourbon side of the whiskey family. And you keep mentioning peat. Yeah. Um, we know what peat is, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners know what peat is. But if you don't know, it's a long explanation, really. It's earth, but it's earth that has taken centuries to get become the way it's become and i would encourage you uh, to look it up <laughs> yeah. i don't know how do you how would you spell that pete p-e-a-t p-e-a-t pete so if you went on there you've heard of maybe a peat bog and you can lose a truck and a body and a large animal in a peat bog you will just keep going down for forever yeah and peat is part of the process and the creation of the whiskey people often mistake it for peat moss mm-hmm. which is not the same thing right right they're just not the same thing. So um, I, I liken it to the joke of Pete and repeat are in a boat and Pete falls out who's left. <laughs> repeat. Pete and repeat are in a boat and Pete falls out who's left. <laughs> you go down that road. So cheers, Caesar. We have a great guest tonight. We do. I'm sorry I cut you short, but to all of you, Happy New Year. Uh, this is our first show of the new year. 
and uh, we took a break, as uh, Shane said, for the holidays and for hunting season. And now we're back, and we're back in the saddle, and we're excited. And uh, our first guest this year, or second guest, one or the other, is our producer. Why don't you take it away, Shane? Tell them what we got tonight. Yeah, so our, as you mentioned, TK, our first guest of the year. We're super excited and honored to have in the hot seat Danny G from Danny Geo Productions. Yay! <laughs> Where's our... We have our crowds on. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I, I got to know who to who to throw stones at. Is it Dan? Is it uh, Kyle? It's Kyle. Kyle? Okay. It is Kyle. Kyle. Got to crack the whip long distance. Let's go, Kyle. Ky Kyle's pretty good at uh, the sounder. This is, his, uh, I think it's his first time, but um, I was like, here you go. Here are the magical tools of the sounder. <laughs> the button, so, button bar. But he's not afraid of you, so I think button it's a good camera. position for him. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's definitely not afraid no. of me known each other since we were teenagers exactly He's, there's no fear factor mm -mm. for sure mm -mm. kyle's a pretty sweet and humble guy he is yep. and he's yep. got the sexiest hair in the building Ooh. I, agree. I mean it's all right it's a little starly right now but <laughs> it looks like he belongs on the cover of a love novel <laughs> oh with his shirt open and the wind blowing yep. uh -oh. Uh -oh. is it about is it getting warmer over there danny that mm. just ruined it <laughs> no you're like the next savio except for better so, TK, we got to start off the episode by complimenting Danny on her transformation. Love the new hair, sweetheart. Thank yeah, you. Great. You know what? I'm sorry. Thank I haven't you. said anything about it. Yeah. But I knew. I noticed it. And uh, I, I do like it. I dig it. Yep. I dig it. And when I wake up, it's just like wild. It's like a unicorn. And I go, good morning. And then I just fluff it. And I have a little bang comb somewhere. And I just. A bang comb. Yeah. I feel like the fawns. Are still talking about archery? I don't think so. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Speaking of our dream, I think we took a left it. turn. I'm no, just kidding. I okay. So um, to be to be to be frank, I don't know if I'm gonna do you know which episode first, mine or Luke's. Yeah. But if it is Luke's, uh, check out Luke's episode because we all shot for our very first boots and backstraps competition. So yep. we had a Genesis uh, bow. And um, each of our guys, well, I know Tom brought his. Shane, you have to bring yours for the next time after you get it checked out. But yes, ma'am. We all shot um, this Genesis bow, and uh, I had some good luck on my on my test shot. Two, two bullseyes. Yeah. First I, time she ever picked up a bow. It was first so two fun. shots. Yes. It's kind of like you shooting your first animal at sixty yards, an antelope, which is hard to hit. Mm -hmm. Heart shot. Heart shot. Big time heart shot. Good. Good. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie in, in getting into like, I, I hope I got, I got Luke's number and I was like, yo, let's hang out me and my hubby, you and your wife, bring your baby or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm going to do anything. Whoop. 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 There's some sound coming from uh, Kyle's computer. Just ignore it. Okay. Sounds good. I hear nothing. Anyways. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to potentially, um, doing more shooting cause that would be fun. Yeah, uh, Luke is the guy. That you must wanna... be mine, doesn't it? Yeah, that's mine. Luke is the guy you want to talk to for sure, because that yeah. guy knows he's about a... everything there is to know about archery. He's that a... and his wife, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's just a wonderful guy. He's so patient. Uh, I've been in a mm -hmm. few archery shops where somebody is typically not that patient, um, and certainly I'm not naming anybody. Uh, but Luke, everyone at the Full Draw, they all have wonderful uh, personalities. Willie, the owner. Uh, Jason, his partner, and uh, Kevin and uh, Carrie. Carrie, yep, they're all yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Uh, 
I'm hoping that they, you know, they jump on as the sponsor and we can do some remote shows from there. That would be so fun. Oh, Did yeah. you say jump on us? Jump, jump on, on a as a sponsor. Okay. <laughs> but if they if they jump, like, on they us, jump on us, I mean, okay. Um, we could make it work. Here's the thing. We we'll, will make, we'll it, make work. it work. Whatever, whatever that looks like. Shane's yeah. getting a little excited over there. We go no. with the flow. We do what we got to do. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We really do. I mean, but um, just just thinking about the three of us in in terms of like the things we have in common as far as like DJing, MC, production, entertainment, mm-hmm. hosting, like throw us a curveball. We're here. Like we got it. Like yeah. and yep, sounds good. And here we go. Improv. It's it's uh it's probably one of the highest levels of improvision. You know, just being, you know, on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Oh, and and I will say, um, this is a compliment that I've gotten from many live musicians, mm-hmm. as they're like, yeah, you know, we sometimes got to be a little ebb and flow with the crowd and our set list or whatever, and some of the things that they say in between songs to kind of promote the bar, to talk to the crowd or whatever. But it's a whole other level doing what we do Mm -hmm. as professional MCs when your voice is prominent and you have to be coming up with material on the spot based on the environment that you're in and the surroundings that you have and the things that you're seeing in the crowd to keep the energy of the night or the event going. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that about disc jockeys. They're in a little room and they're working through their mind. Uh, mm. When we were in the clubs or at the Wee Fest or wherever the show was, you know, we've got the audience to feed up. We got all these things happening, and we got all these things we got to talk about on stage and contests and this and that. So this is uh, considerably more uh, hard than I think doing a live performance. Yeah, yeah. I was telling, um, I think it was Jill, our manager, that uh, curveballs are good for you too, because it's not like, all right, we're doing the podcast, but it's like. Throw something at them. You know, like, for example, your um, huge collection of pictures that you have from throughout the years of meeting different celebrities and different musicians and all these things. We don't show you first. We just say, hey, we have something for you because I feel like you're so, uh, you know, on the on the edge of like whatever I got to go with, I'll go with. And so. You're like, oh, okay, here it goes, and and that's I think that's like the best part of <laughs> being an MC and being on the edge and being a little, yeah, I mean a little edgy, but also just being clever. You know, it's <laughs> it's good. That was funny. The last one uh, was the Judds. And mm-hmm. We won't go into that story, but it is. Fun watch the episode. Yeah, yeah, watch, watch the episode. episode. Uh, but yeah, looking at uh, having the fortune to host. The Wee Fest for 35 years and meeting hundreds 36 of years. 36 years, yeah, mm-hmm. now. And, uh, yeah, and wherever I go, you know, and not so much these days because it's kind of a, uh, a past tense thing now, but it was always, uh, well, what's so-and-so like? What's George Jones like? What's Willie Nelson like? Tim McGraw, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's fun that I got to interact with all those people all those years, and we'd talk stories, we'd talk hunting, talk music, and... Um, I'm impressed that you remember, just well, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I better talk about them now and have them on, on video so I can go back when I totally lose my memory. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. it's fun to remember those stories and uh, convey them because uh, I was truly blessed to have met so m- all of these artists and uh, have a story about each and every one of them. And uh, not everyone can say that. You know, a lot of people get to shake a hand, but I actually get to interact with them and. Uh, and 99% of them are the nicest people in the world. Right. Super nice people. Sometimes I don't know if I believe all of your stories, but I think that's the charm. <laughs> is it real? Is it not? 
Does it matter? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. All right, no. there it is. <laughs> I don't think I bullshit about any of them yet. <laughs> no, no. You're not definitely not making it up. I was going to say, to go, go back on what Danny was saying and how yeah. you kind of started it, it's, to me, that's the mark, that's the difference between a good MC and a great MC, is those people that can just roll with the punches yep. in any situation. Because I've definitely seen a lot of people that are okay or good MCs at events. Yeah. And then they get that curveball. Yeah. And they're just like, eh, eh, like they freeze yeah. up, like they don't know how to deal with and it. And you're like, and you're watching it from like the audience. And you're like, just hand me the mic. I got this. Just, just hand yep. it to me. <laughs> so speaking of that, because I'm going to use this as my fantastic segue. Go on. Your family is like a effing fruit tree for great MCs. Yeah, like, I don't know about fruit tree, but I don't know a lot about trees in general. So maybe <laughs> yeah, to oh, see a fruit tree. to <laughs> see two great tree. MCs <laughs> come out of the same family is amazing. Three, three. Doug. Oh yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forget. He's the one who taught taught. Uh, so um, Dirty Doug and Gentleman Jim used to run a, a a show of some kind at the rodeo. Mm -hmm. Well then. Later years, they would teach Travis how to do the same thing and how to act fool and how to use mic and how to use your diaphragm to project. Project. Yep. Oh, yeah. See, okay, this is my Sweet 16. This is at the rodeo um, nightclub. It was on a Sunday, so there's nobody there. It used to be a teen night, but it, it whatever fell off. So they were like, hey, I was like, I want to have my Sweet 16. He's like, let's do it at uh, rodeo. So Do you see the date on that? 2006. Yeah, yeah. 2000. Wow. That's when it, yep, that is, that is the... The year, um, I was almost thirty. <laughs> don't be gross, Shane. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this was this was. I was not actually DJing here. I was just, you know, taking a picture. Um, but uh, shortly thereafter, Travis had told me that I needed to learn how to DJ, and I was like, oh, okay. So that we had this huge, and I'm sure you guys would know, this huge box uh, with like the sliders on top, and then there was the two. Uh, CD changers, and then there was something else, I think, on the bottom. But uh, he taught me how to tap my beats per minute. So that's how I learned how to DJ, is I took every CD, and I put it in there, and I'd listen to it, and then I'd tap my beats per minute. It would tell me, and I would write down the name and beats per minute, because then I could mix them together. And mm -hmm. then uh, Travis was, like, on fire for his new DJ whatever. Mm -hmm. So he'd be like, okay, here's what you're going to mix, this and this. And lucky for me, I have rhythm, so beat matching wasn't a big deal. <laughs> um, as for my other uh, siblings, they have less rhythm than I do. Tiffany. Uh, <laughs> Skylar. <clears throat> um, but but um, that's how I, I initiated my DJ, let's say, career. And then, um, yeah, so that, that, that's Travis's fire in, in that age range that we, the picture was when he was like, you're going to be a DJ. Um, so I would say I started at 16. But I got my first official DJ gig at 18. and uh, What was it? I was DJing at Sober City, which was a venue in Coon Rapids. Formerly, oh, shoot. You know what? I don't remember what it was before I started there. But um, I won <laughs> I won a uh, um, talent show. They were, they were walking around. They were looking. They, does anyone want to enter into the talent show? Talent show? And I was like, I do. And they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to dance. And they're like, sounds great. What song? And I was like, what song do people dance to? Hold on. Travis danced to Ice Ice Baby, 
at one point in a talent show, I'm going to do Ice Ice Baby. So they did Ice Ice Baby, and I, like, did all my, my sweet-ass dance moves, including the worm. <laughs> Please tell me we have video of this somewhere. No. Come no. on. It was... <laughs> It was like late. Kyle, just do a Google search, please. <laughs> Danny George, Sober City, oh Ice Ice gosh. Baby. I'm on it. Oh, my. I there don't, has to be something. It was 08. End of 08. Flip phone days? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think it exists. To be honest, I don't think it exists yet. But um, no, I, I, I won that. And my mom came up behind me as I went up to because it was cash prizes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've never... This is great. So I walked up there and I was getting my cash and my mom's behind me. She's a DJ. She I'm like, Mom, go away. She's like, she's a DJ. So um they were like, that is oh. So your mom too. oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh and so then they got my information and they were like, Well, we're interested in you as a DJ, but um until this contest is over, we can't hire you because we can't have an employee competing. And I was like, That's fine. Um months or not months later, but probably like maybe one or two months later they did the finale and then I ended up winning because i brought my own cheering crowd squad <laughs> yeah. you stack the deck is what you're trying to say uh <laughs> let's just say a, a lot of people like me um and uh they cheered real loud for me the yeah. entire town of isle and no. maple grove oh no no it was um robinsdale crystal yes. yeah all, Hope. all of it all of it they showed up they showed up for me for sure so uh shortly after that they hired me as one of their um weekly djs and um and I DJed at Sober City um, on weekends. And then also they did a Monday night or maybe it was anyways, a weekday for it was called Amy's Cardinal's Nest. And it was uh, disabled people that mm. would come with their PCAs or caregivers mm. and they would come in and they would just dance and I would play music for them. And I will say I learned so much about music in that time because you, oh, yeah. you learn different people and different um, what they want, what they need, you know, and then. Also, because PCAs are like, please don't play any slow songs. Please don't play, you know, certain things that, you know, they knew wouldn't work. And um, Sober City. Sober City. So it was a dry establishment. It was. And yeah. teens were involved? Um, I would say that, okay, hindsight's twenty twenty. I showed my ID at the door, uh -huh. and the doorman laughed at me. And he was like, okay, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Did he have to be like 16 or? I would say they let in anybody at that point oh, because yeah. there's no alcohol. No alcohol so yeah. uh, they laughed. And I was <laughs> like, so I could have came sooner. That's some crap. I now <laughs> live half a block from there, which is funny. And it's it's closed now. But sure. it's very wild to think of the many years that I DJed there and that, you know, that, that I had How my first. How many years were you there? I would say, I say many, but it's probably not many. I think like three years. Wow. So from 18 to 21. Yeah, well, that's got to be a great experience. It was so good. I mean, no matter what the club is, your so first good. time getting into it. Yeah. I remember my, vividly remember my first times. Go on. Way what back. was it? What was it? It was just. I don't take the easy the ones, Danny. I'm leaving that one alone. <laughs> I, I can remember the clubs. Uh, one was in Hopkins. How old were you? Well, I need to know. Oh, I don't know. In my 20s. Uh, early to 20. I started working the clubs when I was underage because the drinking age was 21 and I was 18. But then I did you start as a DJ or an no. MC? I or started what did as you a, do? We didn't have MCs back then, just DJs. Okay. Uh, so the DJ was the MC. Right. But uh, the first club was uh, <laughs> it was uh, on uh, Highway 35 there in Larpenter. I can't think of what it's called now. But Blackie Landerville used to own it. Was the Fox and Hounds? 
Mm. They had a basement and they had a club set up in the basement and I was working there. And then in Hopkins, there was I, a place I need called to know more details. What so this you, is the late what 60s. What do you bring with you? Yeah. Early 70s? We brought our own records. Okay. All vinyl. You know, for 45s and LPs. And uh, it was a while before they started coming out with 12-inch uh, singles, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but at all the record labels around the Twin Cities, once a week, we would go to the various records and they'd have a box for you mm. for all the club disc jockeys. And at that time, there was probably a half a dozen of us. And so we would get our, they would save records for us that would be uh, compatible to what we were doing. But uh, the place in Hopkins was called the Bullpen. Huh. It was cool. It was fun. I mean. What genre was that? Was that disco back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. If I tell Alexa to play something, it's disco because I know yeah. that I'm going to groove to it. I was disco's got its hanging thing. out at, uh, and helping out at a club in Minneapolis. And I know you both aren't going to know what this club is, where it was or what it was. It was called Uncle Sam's. Hmm. Uncle Sam's was the first discotheque dance nice. club in Minnesota and probably the Midwest. And do you know what that club is now? Mm -mm. First half. First half. Boom. Oh, wow. And it was originally, it was a Greyhound bus depot. Yeah. And then for years it was called the depot. Had nice. some entertainment. And then this guy bought it and put in the, the John Travolta Lighted dance floor? Lighted dance floor. Ooh. And we had a live drummer that drummed to the to all of the music. So it kind of made it, gave it a live feel. feel. Nice. And then uh, me and another guy were like the first discotheque, disc jockeys in the Twin Cities. Do you have pictures? Of that? No. Do you have bell bottoms? Oh, God, yeah. Do oh. I still have them? I might even also still yes. have a, honey, I don't know, do I still have a pair of platform shoes? I saved Ooh. some platform shoes forever, thinking maybe I'd use them on Halloween or something. Maybe they're coming back, so that sucks that you don't have them. Bell-bottoms are coming back. I'm wearing bell-bottoms right now <laughs> because you know why. They came back when I was in high school. Sorry to make you feel old. Uh, but in high school, uh, 05 to 09, um, bell-bottoms were the thing. So I always had the big bell-bottoms. And then uh, they went out again. Skinny jeans are back. And then... I found a pair of bell bottoms recently, so I'm all about it. Can I get on a soapbox for a second with you too? If you must, you know, just kidding. My trusted <laughs> confidants, I must. Yes. I must. I think you'll enjoy this. So I, uh, when I say recently, in the last six months, had mm -hmm. to buy a new pair of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> I I like jeans, obviously. Right. I've got my casual jeans I wear for whatever, and then I've got a little bit nicer jeans for work related stuff. Bling bling. Probably one of the only realtors locally that wears jeans. Right. Jeans and cowboy boots, I insist. Yeah. <laughs> and I always tell people, like, look, if you have a problem with me as your realtor wearing jeans and boots, I'm probably not your guy. Right, right, right. Because, you know, if you care more about what I drive than the service I provide, then we're yeah. not a good fit anyway. What you drive, what you wear. Right. Like, that's what's important pick, to you. Pick then. your poison, and this is mine. Not the agent for you. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I show up to work one day, and uh, well, there's Uncle Sam's right there, TK. Oh, yeah. Oh, bada bing. Look at that. I actually went to school downtown. And um, oh college, and it was about a block away from that. So that building across fun. the street, I don't believe, is there anymore. No, definitely not. That's I think it's ramp a parking now. ramp. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Parking ramp. But that was uh, First Avenue before it became First Avenue. That's cool. It was the old Greyhound bus depot, and it was huge in there. I mean, just like First Avenue. I've never been in First Avenue. And the sound Avenue. system really? was mm -hmm. massive. It was just a massive. It makes place. you feel like you're in the myth, actually. I've never been in the myth either. Oh. It's bigger I than the know. Myth. Yeah, I, know. I mean, from a dance floor standpoint. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyway. I, yeah, my stepbrother actually uh, manages the myth. Oh, really? And, yep, and he just told me that he's planning on having um, an event there. And I was like, well, good. I've never been. So <laughs> I'm excited. There you go. <laughs> have him, uh, have uh, some country acts so we can all go. Ayo. Come on Ayo. Now. I'm in. Yeah, like actual country, though, not like. Uh, there we go. I'll rip that bandit off. Uh, All right, let's. We've cut you off like two or three times. Finish your story about the blue jeans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me whiskey. Did you see what I did? And there? Ra- I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so I show up to work and uh, I'm wearing these jeans and I look down and I realize that there is a rip in a very inconvenient location. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, at this point, it's like the lunch hour. Do I go the next five or six hours with this rip in my inconvenient location? Or do I do something about it? Well, I'm in Woodbury at the time, so I'll just run up to the Arbor Lakes area of Woodbury where they have like the all the little outdoor mall. They Arbor the Lakes is in Woodbury? Or whatever it is. Maple Grove. Woodbury Lakes. Right. Sorry, Woodbury Lakes. Yep. It's it's like that where there's okay. all this, like you can walk around and there's like 50 little shops nice. all like together. with. Get some duct tape and put it on the <laughs> inside. <and laughs> I thought about that. So anyway, so I go over there and uh, I went to... Um, it's a like a, what you would expect of a place where you could find more country style clothing, mm-hmm. rustic country like a, cowboy, like a boot barn or boot barn is okay. what it was actually, I think. Anyway, farm, farm boy, farm girl, something like that. Yeah. So I go in there and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I need some help. I got to get some jeans. Like I got to get them today. And the little the little gal, let's say little gal, but she's probably 18 or something. And she was like, oh, really? Oh, you had to get new jeans. And I was like, and I just kind of pulled my, my pullover to the side a little bit so you could see the tear. And she was like, oh, yeah, you need pants. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like if I don't, I'm going to be getting a whole different kind of clientele. <laughs> That's called an icebreaker. <laughs> <It's laughs> yeah. For sure, that a was an icebreaker. No, yeah, and I don't even know if I should be offended or not offended that she didn't blush. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people come in all the time with ripped pants. It's yeah, like, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so the point of the story is, is, Everything they had in there, which was supposed to be denim, because it's all called denim, was that new stretchy shit. Mm-hmm. Spandex. Jeggings. Spandex. What do they call it? Like yeah, jeggings. yeah, it's like jeggings. Yeah, I was like, do you have actual pants? Right. And she was like, well, that's what these are. I'm like, no, no these are like, they look like pants. Yeah. But like as soon, yeah. yeah, but as soon as you <laughs> grab them and you start pulling on them, like they're, I said, they're stretchy. And she goes, well, that's all pants now. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, look, sister, I will take you to Fleet Farm and show you where the real pants are. <laughs> like, those are pants you can throw on and you can like, you know, work up an actual work day and not worry about having holes in them. Like, These pants, I'm concerned. So I ended up having to buy a pair of those, and I think I've worn them one other time since then. <laughs> In emergency when everything else was dirty. <laughs> basically, but I was just like, is this a thing now? Like, you can't get actual balloon jeans? It's, there, there's it is? Yes. It's a thing. Well, that's Stretchy. one thing about us guys, you know, Danny just ripped off a whole bunch of different pants that were in style. I have no idea. You have no idea. We wear jeans, yeah. and we can always get jeans, and that's Sometimes. our style. And and thank God, jeans aren't going out of style anytime too soon. This is true. I was like, when do they start mixing denim with rubber? Like, I know. This isn't it, denim. Yeah, spandex. It's it's like even the jeans I have on right now, they're they're very, here we go. I rolled them up. They're like, ooh, they look like denim. But no, they're they're exactly, they're spandex. They're they're so stretchy. Oh, really? Yeah, but it doesn't. Who are you helping? You want to grab and pull, don't you? Who are you helping? Should I throw it over? Okay. 
Or take them off. Or what's easier for you? <laughs> take them off and throw them over the table. Right, I don't want to interrupt uh, the podcast by going over there. Yeehaw! Right? Yeah. So now that we've done done our little <laughs> rabbit hole on <laughs> denim or the lack of denim, yeah. is it still considered denim if it's lycra or whatever? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so. All right. So Danny G so gets I her <laughs> gets her first break. Yeah. At uh, Sober City. Yes. And then where does your DJ career take you from there? Um, I did some weddings, um, but here's the thing. That's a whole um, different animal, right? It is a different animal. But, okay, full disclosure, um, don't tell Travis I said this, but kind of like what he does, I think everybody does. So I went and did this wedding with the, the folks that hired me at Sober City. And uh, I thought that everybody just was wild animal people and, like, would do these, like, fun, like, garter games and all these things. So I did that. Most people do their show with their pants on. See, <laughs> and that's what I didn't know at the time. Actually, no, this was this was actually pre-Hog's uh, Breath for Travis. Okay. So, um, so yeah, 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 the pre-switch over to the pants <laughs> optional. Um, but he would do all these wild things, and so I Our would Our most do popular that. t-shirt we've ever had. Right, <laughs> pants optional. Yeah. So I, like, would go do these things that Travis did and replicate them in my own way, and they were like, I've never seen a DJ do this, and I was like... This is what you're talking about at the wedding. Yes, at these weddings. In front of Grandma. Well, I didn't know. It was just like like the garter game where you would throw money in the lap and yeah. then they would pull it back up. Yeah. So I was like 18, 19, 20 doing these weddings and, and just not knowing what I was doing. But you know what? <laughs> like, <laughs> did I have a good time? Yes. Did everyone else? I hope so. But, oh, uh, probably. Probably. But uh, yeah, so I went on to weddings and then eventually, um, actually, because of um, uh, the not only the swap over from Hog's Breath. So Travis's journey really dictates mine. Because when he started doing Hog's Breath on Monday night, a lot of things changed for him. Because, yeah. you know, you had passed it over to Shane and Travis, and they were taking it over, and they were making it their own, and they were just having all this magic happen. And then Travis is like, so I actually have this gig on Friday, Saturdays now, where Fridays I'm going to be at Dive Bar, and Saturdays I'm going to be at the Doghouse. And at the moment, Travis was also DJing at Big Ten, and he was hosting karaoke. So I would go and watch him. Swingers and night. <laughs> well, that was Thursdays. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't official. It was an unspoken. Everyone knew about it. Oh, it's spoken now. It's on the podcast. <laughs> it's been spoken. Um, but he was like, I need somebody to take over A lot of people me. smelling something, TK. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and he's like, I need you to take over for me. And I was like, all right, I can, I can take over for you. So I got in there, and uh, I would watch him DJ. Um, but he, I had never seen a karaoke show. I feel like that's every career I've ever had. When I waitressed, I had never waitressed before. When I DJed, I had never DJed before. When I did karaoke, I had never seen karaoke before. So I was like winging it. And what he would do—that's a fun place, though. It was Big a lot. Of, fun. It was so much fun. He, we would just—I would play full songs in between stuff so people could come out and do some dancing and. And I, like, really built a clientele that would come and see me every week. So I was doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that's when I started college. Um, and I went for the film and production um, path. Um, as, like, I think I was, like, 12 when I got my first video camera. Mm -hmm. And I would make my own films. And it was, like, whew, it, it's a little embarrassing now. And I have not – I have the tapes, but I'm afraid to watch them. <laughs> Um, but I, what I would do is I would come up with a story and I would film it and then you would do in-camera editing because I couldn't, I didn't have digital editing of any kind. So I would film and then I would cut and then I'd watch it. And then sometimes I would rewind and be like, all right, there's my cut point. And then I'd film again and, 
and of course Travis had to be in my films and everyone had to be in my films but I started filming at like 12 so I had like all these like story building things so then when it was time for a career I was like well I'm doing video production um, I wanted to be an actress when I was a, a, a youngin but my aunt worked in the film industry and she's like don't you effing dare and I was like uh, okay I concur right so I was like I guess I'll be behind the camera and so that was yep. my career shift so when I started going to college, um, yeah, they when you uh, go into Hollywood, they take your brain away. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen, any of them talk. I I know. I the biggest thing, and and I've been out to L.A. You know, after switching to behind the camera stuff, and um, I would say nine out of ten waitresses are actors or actresses. Oh gosh. Yeah, because you can get the job and you can get the tips and you can do the things because. And so are all the strippers. Well. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. sorry, sorry, sorry. There's no strippers here. There's no, no strippers no, no. in the studio. No, the strippers out in L.A. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, so I went to film school, and um, film ended up being more my thing, but I still DJed because it was like, well, one, it's in my blood. Two, I like doing it. I like entertaining. I've always been an entertainer. I've always been a performer of some kind, and so – the bar scene or the the club scene or the entertainment scene stripper yeah well no i couldn't make it as a stripper i don't think <laughs> I just... have you ever been to deja vu because they have they have hundreds of beautiful girls and three ugly ones yeah <laughs> and i think maybe i could fit the three no so, no, no so no no, no no i'm cute but i i ain't no stripper body Where anyways people? i see travis these, and you. yes so this is um luggy me shane and travis and this oh, is shane yeah that's shane and we, this is a Rowdy Cowboy Show picture. He doesn't um, recognize me with my pants on. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. No, it's the glasses and my eyesight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, Where, that's. Is that the Hogsworth? Oh. I don't I've, think so. I was going to say Doghouse, dog probably. Dog yeah, house. it's Doghouse. Great um, place. KG with the Jake Nelson shout out. Yep, yep. We, we definitely made home at Doghouse and we still, we still find Doghouse to be our, our home base. They have remodeled now, and it is gorgeous. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. It's very different, but but also very the same. Anyways. I said it's super industrial when I went in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like a, a shimmery uh, resin pour floor um, that's like white. Um, and then It's an epoxy this... like you'd put on your garage floor. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then the ceiling above the bar is tin, and it's, it's very nice. And, and it's a nice and big bar. They've It's more like a T-shape. Anyways, yeah. It's huge, yeah. Love, love the doghouse. Love, love, love the doghouse. So, um, shout out to the doghouse. Shout out. I I have so many memories from the doghouse. Doghouse, I feel like, is the first bar I ever DJed at outside of, like, Big Ten. Because Travis was like, I need you to, I need you to come up to um, the doghouse and DJ for me. And one of the nights that sticks out in my mind was Tiffany's bachelorette party. And oh, I remember that night. I bet you do. She was, oh my god. She was like, Have you seen <laughs> Shane? Oh, Shane is so handsome. And I was like, <laughs> You know, it's your bachelorette party, right? And uh, and she ended up crawling into Crystal's trunk. Which we weren't even connected with Crystal at the time. Anyways, it was a it was a riot, but um, <laughs> it was I, a fun night. It was a really good night, but I I, I just remember DJing there. Nothing happened between Tiffany and I, just for the record. Not that we know of. Nothing. But Hunter is definitely Charlie's. That's all I'm saying. Anyways. I was well aware at that point <laughs> that she was engaged to My be right. married. Oh, for sure, for sure. See, I'm trying to think of. I think that was that pre Emily. I'm trying to remember if I was single or not mm. single. 
She got married in 2011, so it was probably 2010 Yeah, so then I was, it was pre-Emily. Pre-Emily. Emily and I didn't start dating until 2011, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Any sure. Any hoosies. But yeah. it's it's cool because um, for years I had heard about, you know, TK, and I didn't know who TK was. And for the longest time when they were this like. This guy. Yeah, no, I know. I know now. I know it's Tom. Tom Cat. And the, come on now. But I didn't know <laughs> forever. And people were like, oh, yeah, come on now. I was like, what does that mean? And they're like, that's what he says. And I was like, who? And I never knew that for years. That you said that? That people. Yeah. That you that, had a catchphrase? That I. It's iconic. How could you not I know? I had no idea until I started hearing my buddy's kids saying, come on now. And, and, I'm <laughs> and all of a sudden, I came to the realization that I must have said that a lot. A lot. <laughs> Actually, I called him today to, to, to just check in with TK about um, the shooting, um, the bows um, that we're doing the contest for. So if you're going to be a guest on our show, you will be shooting a bow with us, and yep. it's going to be great. Whether you know? you're an archer or not. Whether I'm not an archer, and I did it, and Jill did it, and everyone's going to do it. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. I got all excited about this new shooting contest. You'd never heard of TKA before? No, I called him to make sure that that was all set up. Right, right. And he before was like, that, you were... Yeah, okay, and yeah. he was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, come on now. And he's like come on now and i was like thank you thank you. i know it's like he gives me grief if i don't say it exactly yeah. we're <laughs> all waiting funny. for it very few people that i know have legitimate catchphrases that they always say things mm -hmm. that's like you're one of those people like that's your thing mm -hmm. i don't know anyone else that says it mm -mm. that's you <laughs> that's you if i had to make a a shirt it would say come on now come TK. on now yep all right yep Shane, I bet I you have one. I hope that's not the only thing they leave on my grave marker. Your your ep <laughs> your epitaph's gonna say, "Come on now and giddy up." Giddy up. Yep, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot, uh, a lot. You are a, a character that we could doodle. So you're doing karaoke. You start <laughs> filling in a couple of weddings. I'm gonna pulling us back out of the rabbit hole by Wee by the hair. Thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> karaoke you're dabbling in the karaoke world you start doing a few weddings the bars and then you get in the bar scene right yep. and this is where danny g the mc really starts to take off this the is wings true. come out this is true so i think my biggest like launch into like that next step of like being a karaoke host dj mc was um country jam is uh the Roddy cowboy show was doing country jam electric and rodeo as electric rodeo and then they were like, hey, I think we're going to do karaoke during the day. Danny, do you want to do it? And I was like, well, I can do karaoke. And um, I think Travis was on tour with maybe Kenny Chesney. That's why he wasn't there. Yep. And then um, and then I got the opportunity during the later shows, not the karaoke show, the later shows, to, to rock the mic. So I was walking around rocking the mic, not on stage because we had these amazing go-go dancers, but uh, walking around the the – the dance, the the dance. What'd you call them? Go go, go, -go dancers. dancers. Go go dancers. Those are people that dance on stage with their clothes on. Okay. Uh -huh. Most of their clothes on. Most of their clothes. <laughs> well, all the clothes they started with, they leave Seven on. Seven out of ten, clothes. <laughs> yeah, they don't take anything off on stage. Three out of ten. And it depends on the day, but um. Touche. I, I got handed. Kyle always took stuff off. Is he a go go dancer? Yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> He's the leader of the go go's. He's the. Uh, yeah, he's a leader. Um, Get his hair wet and whip it. Indeed. Hoses. Hoses. Or something else. Let's pretend I didn't do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> everything's fine. 
game is strong. Okay. Game is strong. Whew. All right. Um, they handed me this is I feel like this was one of my um, big pushes to to MC was it was a night that we were it was just rocking. And then I was handed the mic because Travis wasn't there. And they're like, hey, go ahead and amp the crowd. I'm amp at the crowd. I'm amp at the crowd. And then all of a sudden the power on all of the stage setup. On our stage setup, the the electric rodeo. I remember that distinctly because I was standing backstage and Luggy flew past me mm-hmm. like he was shot out of a cannon. This is true. But I had a microphone for probably about 10 seconds. So as soon as all the power, all the music and the lights shut down, I remember going, party in the dark. And then, and then everybody's cheering and whooping and hollering and nobody left the tent. And that was so great because what actually happened is we blew circuits and everything powered down and they had to re-switch all the circuits and everybody panicked. and But nobody left the tent. And that was like, okay, I got this. This is a live event. This is terrifying. And everything's fine because let's just keep it going. It goes back to what we said Woo! before, Danny, about the difference between the good MC and the great MC is you got to ad lib. And in a moment like that, that's the ad lib of all yep. ad libs. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. When everything just shuts down and you got this whole sea of people staring at you like, what do we do now? Exactly. And your first response is party in the dark. That was my. That's epic. Yes. That's what came out. And that's what happened. And nobody left. And and, and that was like, okay. When the lights come back on, we're going to do an undie check. (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to say that. I will say I've gotten a lot more creative through the years <laughs> for those type of things. But, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely a simpler party. The line we used vibe. for the undies was, come off now. <laughs> come off now. <laughs> come off now. Okay. Oh, man. This is why we invite Kyle I, to come party with us. I this can hear why. Lynn Kitty laughing her butt off over there. <laughs> that was always one of those things I enjoyed is being at those performances and watching you guys because I never mm-hmm. went on that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Kyle up there and, like, his reaction to girls throwing bras at him or throwing underwear at him. And it's just like. Just hardcore. He yeah. Didn't, he he's didn't like, care. whatever. What are yeah, you going to do? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's where I met Kyle. I met Kyle and Kyle's wife was at Country Jam and uh, just immediately liked them. And uh, we have pictures from the first time we ever met. And just it, I will say that that's probably the biggest thing that kept me um, engaged and involved with Rowdy, with entertainment, with emceeing was just the people that, that, that you knew and that Travis knew and that like brought together. Um, because I was like, I, I always felt at home. I always felt connected. I always felt a part of and, and my silly, goofy, whatever self always fit in. And I was like, I found, I found my tribe. I found my people. Well, that was, you know, you know, it's interesting, Danny, because when KG and I were, you know, before you started to become part of what we were doing, KG and I built the following on the entertainment value we brought to the show. And uh, when you came in, it was like it evolved from just people that were loyal to coming out and having drinks and having a good time at the parties Mm-hmm. To where now we had this family atmosphere where people were really getting connected, right. hanging out together outside of the clubs, um, helping each other out with different stuff. Yep. The kids are having play dates, like all that kind of stuff really took off after you came in. And now we have this like RCS family. Yes. So, so yeah, Tom, it's like Godfather, OG, Rowdy Cowboy Godfather, show. Godfather, yes. Started the whole thing. He's up in the top of the of the palace in his chair with his... His, sto- sto- his stogie in one hand and his, uh, you know, cognac <laughs> in the other. 
<laughs> and the IKG and I were sort of like first lieutenants, which <laughs> take over the operation and make sure it's still running like it's supposed to. Yeah. And then Danny comes in and is like, no, we're taking this thing in a whole new direction and pours yeah. gas on the fire. And You know, I that's a great way to put it because I, <clears throat> so when I first came in, I, w- I came in as a dancer, as a line dancer, not a fancy dancer. <laughs> there we go. Black there we go. Yeah. Fancy dancer. Black Labels dance team. It was actually the Whiskey Girls first. Um, that was not when I was a part of it. I can remember introducing you guys uh, here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, and none of us are, uh, Crystal. Crystal was Crystal an original. Crystal, Mackenzie, Jesse, Melissa, you, Anadia, Katie, and Liz. That's true. Liz Hernandez now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She got married. So uh, Crystal was originally Whiskey Girl. Emily was an original Whiskey Girl. And they went out and they did Fake ID. At, okay, this is funny. This is interesting. So they did their first performance as the Whiskey Girls at Cityside in Coon Rapids. Um, My wife has not been able to drink whiskey since that night, by the way. That's funny. <laughs> that was the first night I ever drank alcohol. You're kidding me. Oh no. God. I was 22 years old. And for as long as I grew up, I was like, no, nah, I'm not really interested. I'm just, I don't want to do it. It's fine. Y'all go. And now she's hammering on the Michter's rye. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. What, what, did you see something that made you say, I don't think I want to drink? My parents didn't drink growing up. Oh. Neither of them. So we it didn't, was a family thing. Yeah. We just didn't. It was, it was just. Well, we your didn't, mom drinks now. Yeah. Your yeah, dad but, doesn't anymore. <laughs> no, my dad right. doesn't drink. Yeah. But it, growing, growing up, we had no alcohol in the house. Huh. So I didn't just know. Just something you weren't interested in. I didn't know anything about hmm. it. And no people had alcohol in their house. I was like, oh, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's a liquor cabinet. I was like, that's cool. No. No. <laughs> When I say that I was sheltered, I mean I was sheltered. But not like hmm. in a bad way, but in like a very innocent, naive way. So then TK, she gets into country music. She's like, how come all these country guys are singing about bottles and whiskey? and <laughs> What are you Love doing? And trucks. My, my first drink was a Coors Light. At the time, Rowdy Cowboy Show was sponsored by Coors Light. It was. And uh, I grabbed Travis's beer, and I took a drink, and I was like, Bleh. thank you. And he was like. Oh my! Look at me. Here's not so sober, Danny. I may or may not. It depends on what time this was taken. No, that's the squinty. I'm hammered. Look. Oh well. You can tell by the cheeks. Travis is smiling, happy. You're squinty. No, no. He's if I'm hammered, he's hammered. Look at his red cheeks. He does have Santa Claus cheeks. He does. He does. He's jolly. Ollie I don't holiday. know anybody that's ever taken a drink of beer and thought, "Oh, that's great." No, no, it was terrible. <laughs> you're a kid. It was so <laughs> terrible. It. I did follow up that drink with a um, Sex on the Beach or something, oh, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." But like, it took me it took me a while to like. But I just was done being scared of it. I was scared of it, and I didn't oh. know how to respect alcohol. I just didn't know, so yeah. I was like, "You know what?" And that was my first that was my first drink at uh, the performance of the Whiskey Girls, and I filmed their performance on my phone. And I posted it, which is just wild because I can look back on that and go, wow, like that's just wild. But I ended up trying out for the dance team. And uh, I remember like being on the cusp of will she make it, will she not? And Travis was at the um, tryouts and he was like, he's given me all my great dance advice. I don't know. You guys have a different Travis in your head. But like in my head, Travis was my idol. He, he would go out and he would dance and he'd be all goofy and he'd have all these jokes <laughs> and he'd do all these things. And I was like, I want to be him when I grow up. Huh. And it's it, a great story. It's great. He's, Man, you may want to hold that bar just a little higher. You know, <laughs> here's the deal. He runs his own business. He has a wife and he has beautiful kids. And, and he's doing great. He's he doing great. And I, he is great. I super like him we, we a lot. All, everyone in this room loves him. Yes. I was at a 
Yes. Forgive me for interrupting, but I was at a club uh, that I won't say, I won't mention the name of it. It's no longer there. And I needed some equipment. But you know a club that's not around anymore? <laughs> yeah. I Just a, a couple. Lot of them. <laughs> anyway, and Travis came through it. He didn't live too far from there. He brought me a mixer and uh, hmm. uh, I think a dual uh, CD deck. And I was like, God, otherwise just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's hung out with me all night. And I'm like, I don't know. I really owe you for that one. He li- he's a great guy. Very generous. He is. He yep. is. He's uh, He's got a, it's, it's very like touching his heartstrings and helping out is very close to the surface for him. Mm-hmm. So if you need help, you need yep. something, he's there. And, and I, I see that. In him. I love that. I love that. Have you spied on him coming out of the shower? No. How many? I didn't have nothing. to because he never works with his pants on. That's true. <laughs> There's no need to spy. <laughs> I mean, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. He's just like, oh. <laughs> well, and I remember uh, turning 21 and being able to come out to the bars and being like, why? don't you have pants on because he would make a big joke about it. And I was like, but I want to know. And he's like, okay, so in real life, it's really hot in the hog's breath booth. And there's all these, you know, amps and all these things just throwing heat. And I, he's like, nobody can see me. They can see like my chest up. And, uh, and he was like, so I just took off my pants one day because it was way too hot. I'm sweating. And then people kept catching me. With my pants. He's got some serious <laughs> Fremunda cheese game. <laughs> I don't know about the smell, but you would probably would. But it was basically. I stood next to him, uh, you know. Many a times. I, a fair I, amount, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, later down the road at Hog's Breath, I did understand the heat problem because I ended up DJing with oh, him. Yeah. And uh, the problem was that when I stood in the Hog's Breath booth, you couldn't see me. <laughs> so it was like That's eyes true. up. So we tried crates. We tried. Like, Hard to get the party or... excited when all they see is this no, much like, of your I face. I seem to remember How walking in. Come on, everybody. Here we go. Come on. Yeah, I no. seem to remember walking into that booth and seeing a crate on the floor. I'm like, what's that for? <laughs> that was me. That maybe, was my maybe step had a kid's school. tryout or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm five two and three quarters. If Shane can be five eleven and a half, I'm five two and three quarters. So there you go. Yeah, there's that. But yeah, no, Travis. Travis was always. Oh, there we go. Travis was always my idol, and as a and eventually I made the Black Labels team. And Travis actually, his advice to me was dance on your toes because I was dancing on my heels, and he's like, you're not gonna make the team if you don't dance on your toes. And I made the team. And then this is probably a couple of years after that. Um, but we it's did like you're doing a marathon. Polar plunge. I had oh. just jumped out of Lake. You just I don't know how to pronounce it anymore. What was it? Calhoun. Was it Calhoun? Formerly known as Calhoun. It was Calhoun, yeah. Yeah. Now it's like box like ski ski something. See something. Anyways, whatever. We did polar plunge a lot and it was a lot of fun. And um Travis is still on the billboard up in what is that is it it's not quite aisle it's like malacca yeah it's on the 169 side yeah so travis him and james and matt frisbee no not matt frisbee austin james's nephew i wouldn't lie to you they're on a billboard yeah Uh, yeah that's correct for polar plunge from like six no eight years ago no it's got to be at least that old i don't think i've been out of the show for four years i don't know if you can find that talk old things just kidding uh, you know, I, I actually don't know what year it was, but yeah, like he, six to eight years. He had a it's great been. picture of him jumping in with uh, James and, and James's nephew. See if you can find it real quick, Kyle. The 
I the asked polar him. plunge billboard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you well, did? you two are arguing. I asked him. Okay. <laughs> Tiki, he's Thank keeping you. the boat going in the right direction. You know what? We need you. Oh yeah. Every day, sometimes twice now, a day. sometimes twice a day. <laughs> Some might say we're in deep shit if this is the guy controlling the ship. <laughs> yes. Well, Iceberg, yeah, yeah. right? For those of you that are listening, uh, I am not in control of this. You are. Uh, did you point at the wrong person? Because you, you. I, yeah, thank you, me. Not yeah. right now. You're not. You're in the hot seat. This is true. Okay, can I just give props to my team though? Yeah. Because Kyle and Nicole are killing it back there. They thank are. you, thank you, thank you. And um, they. You can do an applause sounder, Kyle. There's a button over there. Oh, laughing. <laughs> well, give me a laugh. No, no. Close enough. Close enough. No, 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 no. Um, I, I will say in doing uh, boots and back straps for the last year, year and a half. Yeah, year and a half since we started the project. So it's, and, and it's just evolved, 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 evolved. And it's it's so great. It's so great to be on this side of the camera and just be mm-hmm. like, hey, I like you guys. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. And we have a great team, and we're adding um, Dustin to the team. It was four of us to start with, and now it's about to be eight. I know. It's so great. Let's get shirts. Actually, oh, yeah, didn't you say that we're getting shirts soon? I'm meeting Michael next week. Yes. Unreal. I'm Unreal. the right side so of my hat. Other side of your hat. There you go. Other there side. Is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Unreal. And, uh, we're going to get some sweatshirts. What a great guy. But if you, know you have not said? seen his episode... Check out his episode. It is Michael Jordan. Yes, it's hilarious. uh, Unreal products and uh, yes. You know what he said to me at the Christmas party? Mm. He said, "Well, I'm going to get you and Shane a couple of sweatshirts, but I'm going to get some for your whole staff because they were just (sighs) so nice." That's what he said. So he, we're going to start calling him WMJ. Yeah, because he's the white Michael Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) WMJ. Not to be confused. So the funny story for you guys, really quick, on a little rabbit hole, is uh, I asked TK and Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, to play in my company golf tournament last summer. Nice. And neither of them ended up being able to play. But as I registered them, our person that was running the golf course the, or golf tournament, um, the organizer, lead organizer, mm-hmm. called me and she was like, all right, are you messing with me? Like Michael Jordan's on your team? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, I, sw- I swear to God, <laughs> Michael Jordan is on my name. team. Yeah. And she was like, okay, that's unbelievable. And I was like, no, 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 let me explain to you. It's Michael E. Jordan. <laughs> He's a, a white Michael Jordan. Yes. He's a skinny white kid. Incredibly <laughs> talented and driven, though, I yes. will say. I mean, I'm impressed. I'm so proud of him. He's my godson, yes. and I'm telling you, I couldn't be more proud of him mm-hmm. and his brother, you Andrew. You should be. You They're should amazing. Be. Mm-hmm. Totally amazing. Yep. First time I met him, I was, I was nervous. Michael and Mia, Andrew and Megan. Because yeah. you, you set the bar. Yeah. You set the bar, all right? And then, and then we were like, all right, let's meet this guy. And then he comes in, and we're like, mm, let's see. And then he starts talking. You're like, okay, I get it. Thank you. I get yeah. it. <laughs> very, like, very smart guy. But that's the people. Uh, I mean, like, we're, we're people collectors, right? That's what we do. Like, mm-hmm. is that we can't help it. Like, we yeah. collect interesting and cool. I mean, he's related to you, but you still, like, gather these people, right? So we yeah. have all these amazing people come through our doors. We have. We've and they're so great, and they're interesting, and, and just all the things. And I would say uh, even if they don't care about you and me, to go and look at some of our past episodes because we've had some great and talented and uh, worldly people like Oscar Carlson and Bill Robinson, the inventor of uh, Essentialed, and all these great individuals. Thurman Tucker. Thurman Tucker. What a great guy. He just beat cancer. Oh, good on him. Yep. Hashtag Survivor Squad. Yes. Yep. yes. Along with my good friend Shane. I know him. And my brother-in-law, Pat. A lot of people beating cancer him. these days and 
just gives me goosebumps. I'm so happy for them. I mean, and you. Thank you, God. Yes. I mean, just saying. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, 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 guys. Oh. I like to think of myself more like flypaper. You get too close, I'm, you're stuck with me. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm definitely a collector. I find interesting people, and I collect them, and I, I cannot help it. I'm just like, you're so cool. Can I just? People are drawn to you, Danny. Here we go. They're drawn are to they your drawn personality. Are they drawn to me, yeah. or do, are they kidnapped? Because there's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Nicole, Nicole, were you kidnapped, or were you collected, or were you drawn was, to me? It was more of a Star Trek tractor beam. She said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I remember meeting Nicole. Uh, Luggy brought out Nicole to a show, and uh, she ended up being, huh? To Buckle Bunny. To Buckle Bunny, to yeah. do our shots. Oh, that's stuff. right. You did Buckle Bunny back in the day. I oh, forgot yeah. about oh, that. Oh, she, that, she was the Buckle Bunny. She, she ran the program, and she coordinated the outfits. I fell in love with her. Girl Crush is still our song. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm super stoked. She's on the she's on what our crew. What a great song! It's so good. Isn't that something that some of the radios didn't even know what the song was about, and they banned it? Mm. Well, <laughs> what song? Suck Girl to Crush. Suck, right? Oh yeah. Some of the country radio stations before they even knew what the song was really about, they banned it. Some some Can't people miss out. Song some people miss out. <laughs> Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. The journey is a special thing. The journey has meant the world to me. It's special because we've done it together. There's always going to be improvements that can be made, celebrations along the way, adversities to overcome, and maybe a dad joke or two. If I learned anything about the journey in our time together, it's that you've just got to take it all in and do what's right. Continue to grow. Continue to live in the moment. The journey is never ending. I'm excited to take this next step in our journey together. Outside of boots and back straps, yes. What other projects are you doing right now? Yeah. Um, are you still doing boudoir? I am. <laughs> I have a. TK. I have a. What? A boudoir. You, you got a good-looking wife. Boudoir shoot. Hell yeah! I would love to get Lenny in front of my camera. I'm sorry. I'm totally. Boudoir. I have no idea what it's, boudoir um, is. Okay, so like boudoir is like it's not pornographic. She does some pictures in her under in her in her drawers. <laughs> in not, her drawers. I take pictures of other people in their drawers. Um, no, like a, a it's it's an it's the goal is empowerment, right? To make the women feel like I am sexy, I am she divine. Is sexy. I know. I I met her. I met her. Um, but like but like uh, an, I would say I I want to say like borderline risque pictures mm-hmm. but just something to make the women feel beautiful um i'm doing one at the end of january um where women can come in at whatever level you're at so like if you're like hey i'm more on the whips and chain sign like all right bring your own because i don't have any and where do you publish these i don't publish them it's it y- depends on the person the client gets them and they don't oh. go out yes I got you. so sometimes so it she goes- could do a shoot and, and give them poo. to you and give them to you maybe a book oh you're married you get 
Yes, I'm talking about your wife. I know you are. <laughs> well played, Tom. Well played. It's fine. Just when you think he's sleeping at the wheel and he throws one out like that. <laughs> yes. Actually, okay, guys. So have you done one on Joe? Uh, not yet. I've done one on Nicole. Crit, don't you love your your significant other over there? You know, she's done she's done boudoir, but she's never done it with me. She'd and I think it would change your life. Oh oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually it's uh Honey, do you when you do call a, me. It's not fair. A photo shoot for boudoir? Boudoir? I have a I have a um an a closet from extra small to four X that has tops, bottoms, bodysuits, robes, just in case you don't want to go buy your own. I got you. Um, but I do boudoir photography, and I also Did do you do a shoot for my wife? Yes, I did. Did you ever give her those pictures? Yes, I did. Because I've never seen them. <laughs> Maybe so she didn't want the ball? you to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Emily. I literally just thought of that. I was like, didn't you do a shoot with her forever ago? You know what's funny? She was telling me like she was just waiting for pictures to come back. Uh, she should have them. But this feels like wait, something I no, may wait. need to revisit. No, no, no. Wait, this would be hilarious because <laughs> she would absolutely. I mean, all of you know that are in here right now. But if you're a listening audience person, you would you don't know. But she would absolutely be the one to just not even acknowledge the email and forget it's there. And then 10 years later, be like, oh, I totally forgot. I got these pictures. <laughs> Note to self, send Emily her pictures again. Got it. Thank you. You've never seen them? No. Oh, they're gorgeous. I believe oh. that. Your wife killed it. Your wife killed it. And you know what? She has, she, uh, here's the thing. I'm not going to talk about Emily specifically, but with boudoir photography, it just brings out another level of intimacy, not only between me and the person, because it's kind of an empowerment session, but also them and their partner. I'll let and, texting my wife while we're on camera. Yeah. If you would text her and be like, did you really not get your pictures? Cause Danny's like WTF. Um, but um, it's, not to interrupt. We tried to find a, a photo that was approved. However, I don't know how to use your computer. That sounds good. What so do you need? Someday. What do you need? Oh, a picture no, of no, you? No, no, no. no. I ooh, went on ooh, throw that picture up. I was throw to that throw picture up. Huh? I can see it. Throw that picture up. That's uh, a great picture. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Okay. It's not boudoir, but throw it up. Okay. So I, I do a lot of photography. I still do video. I work for HGTV. Um, but this is one of my oh, favorite. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. It's just like a beautiful picture of her and Brian. And like, oh, I got a new camera. I upgraded my gear. Like, it's just so much on a, on a different level. But like. If you know Brian, he's just like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. And I'm like, all right, well, how can I make you look romantic? But look at him. Look at him. I mean, Nicole, obviously you're gorgeous, but look at him. He is there. He's in the moment. So, Lenny, book me. You Lenny. and TK, I'll do a session for you. And I've done, I've done uh, Shane and Emily's um, Christmas shoots and some family shoots and stuff like that. And that's really, I've gotten a lot into photography, but previous mm. to that, I worked for um, a couple different HGTV uh, TV shows. So I've kind of been all over the board and then still DJing. And then when Shane retired, I took over Friday Cowboy Show. Let's just say I'm a Jill of many trades, but I will say that I do have a boudoir um, marathon coming up at the end of January. DannyGeo.com, message me, or Danny Geo Productions on Facebook. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get Lenny you know, signed we up. We were talking earlier. I have about one spot open. <clears throat> we were talking what is this? This is a screenshot from actually um, my HGTV TV show that I did, which is um, Stay or Sell. Um, and that ended up going um, full season. 
So on the right hand um, for SDI2, that's Heather and Brad Fox of Fox Homes. Wait, wait. Did you say stay or sell? Yeah. Is that like a ripoff of Love It or List It? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me tell you a little backstory. So um, HGTV, um, so somebody um, who's called the developer finds people that are like, wow, this might make a really great TV show. And then the developer gives it to a production, sells it to a production company that goes, yeah, I could totally make a TV show out of that. And then that production company makes the pilot, which is the first episode one of anything. So they only make the pilot and then they air it and then they see how it goes. And if it goes well, they make a season, right? So the developers did that they sold it they got it to the pilot the pilot went well it went to a season and they were debating between uh stay or sell making it more like a love it or list it um but it was stay like stay in your home and renovate it or yes love it or list it (laughs) i was like you said Never mind. It's the same. It's the same concept. It because, sounds exactly the same. Because it worked, and they wanted to make it, it work. It did work. It was wildly popular. Exactly. I feel like they missed the market. Did you ever see that show, TK? No. Nope. Love it to list it. Nope. There was, wasn't I, it Canadian? They it. still have it. It's Canadian, right? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Um, but it, one girl who um, love like the love it person would renovate their house and be like, you should stay into it. And then list it was sell it and buy something right, new. Right. And David was, and something. David, what was her name? Mm, Got nothing, but it was similar. But the 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 alternate idea was meet the foxes because they're just really interesting people. I wish they would have gone that route because I feel like meet the foxes would have gotten farther. Yeah. But anyways, um, they have actually started their own YouTube um series now, oh. so they have stuff going. But I got the the privilege to work on their pilot and then also on the full season. Um, I started as a production coordinator and then at the end of the season I. I got a producer credit, which is cool. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so the lover listed concept is you and Lynn hire uh, this gal and this guy, and they come in, mm-hmm. and the guy's a real estate agent, and the gal is a interior designer. Yep. And you've got a budget of let's say a hundred grand, so she's gonna have a hundred grand to work with to redesign and completely rework your house. Mm-hmm based on what you say your needs are, wants, or whatever, you get a wish list. And he's going to, at the same time that's happening, he's going to take you out and show you new properties to try and entice you to buy right. something else. I yes. got it. So when you've looked at properties with him mm-hmm. and she finishes the remodel on yours, you take a tour of the one of your house remodeled, yep. Yep. and then you have to make a decision on whether you're going to stay in the house you're in now, which is the yep. love it, or whether you're going to sell your house and move to one of the houses that he right. showed you, which is listed. Yep. I got it. And so it was the like, same thing, stay or sell, um, stay in your house and renovate it. But their difference. It seems so unbelievably unfair, though, because after watching probably 30 of those episodes, mm-hmm. I would say it was very heavily weighted to the love it. Interesting. Like 75% of the people decide to stay in their own home once it was renovated. You know, I don't know the, the statistics on our, our seasons or episodes, but I do know that um, the difference between love it or list it was the listed on theirs, their end, generally it was like move into this house that's ready. Yeah. And for our show, it was move into this house that has potential. Oh, gotcha. So it was either stay where you are, which has potential, or go somewhere else that has potential. Oh. So it was based off of location or like what it has so far. That what you the house it. could be. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say that um, Heather and Brad are. Like Tom and Lynn, just for the record, yeah. are never going to be able to finish their basement. 
<laughs> you have a basement? No, they don't. No, we're on a, we are on a slab. I was like. That's the point of the joke. Okay, okay, okay. Good one. There's no basement. Because finish. I've been in your house and I, uh, you know, it doesn't. Like, I no matter how much they want to, they're never going to finish. Let the me basement. just say, I only know where the bathroom is. That's what I, in, in your house. <laughs> That's it. I've never gotten a proper tour because Lenny's never been home. It's always been Tom's like, the bathroom's right there. that front door to the bathroom, you pretty much see it all. Yeah, right. Well, now I know you that there's no basement. You see the office of the master bedroom, but. That's funny. It's a small house and uh, certainly serves our needs. We just did a little purging it. here recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if anybody purges, but it's the best feeling in the <sighs> world, getting rid of stuff that you don't need and maybe giving it to the Goodwill or other places that where people can buy it cheap and that really need it. Yep. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Purging mm-hmm. is the best. It is. It we is. got more to do. It's an interesting film series, too, by the way. What is? Speaking of video production, The Purge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So, TK, in your next venture, will you stay slab on grade, or do you think you'll I maybe? I would like to. <laughs> right. You know, we talked earlier about I'll buy your house. That you can't flood a basement if there isn't one. I know. I'll <laughs> buy it right now. And, you know, quite often uh, basement, basements get musky and things. And you don't have one. Anyway, and, you know, uh, it's just nice to have, I don't know, if you've got enough storage. Uh, in our family, it's just Lynn and I and a couple of dogs, a black one and a white one. And uh, we don't need a lot of room. And we love the house that we're in, love the property. We love this building. Mm-hmm. And uh, It's great. But I, I think maybe this spring we're going to, with you, start looking uh, elsewhere. We have a I thought. will help you find a house. We have a thought. Oh, you're not talking to me? No, I was talking to him. Okay. We've already talked about a house that I might be interested <laughs> in. Danny's my new assistant. Oh, are you? <laughs> no. 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 She's joining the team, Jill. <laughs> Listen, I, I work for and with Shane, but Jill is the champion of Homes by Shane. So She was about to say putting up with Shane, and she stopped herself, which is fine. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I know I'm not easy. No, you're not. I'm but not you easy. know what? You have high standards, and, and it keeps it keeps that, that uh, momentum you know, to be to be the next level. And I will say, uh, because uh, I was just informed that we may or may not be running over on this episode and may not get a break, uh, which is fine, um, that I'm just so grateful to know you two because I feel like between you two and, and, and the, the Boots and Backstraps podcast that we've created and Tom and Lynn for letting us use their space and all these things, like, it's just something that, like, I, I don't want to say other people aren't aren't accessible to, but it just feels like such a gift to be with oh. you guys. I mean, we pray before our yeah. episodes. We talk about God. We're not afraid to to call each other out and be have honest uh, conversations with each other and just be better people together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't get never that in every opportunity or every. Um, I won't want to say different job, television productions and no, stuff like that. It's, no, you don't can be get very there. superficial, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, reminds me of Josh Turner actually, because Josh Turner's got a quote unquote policy with his band that no one in the band's allowed to drink. Yep, and uh, they do a prayer before Ever? they go out on stage. No, not allowed to drink. They got to be sober to be in his band. I mean, like off stage and like you can't consume alcohol and, and be in the band. It's a good policy. It's that works for him. Good for him. It's got to be tough to enforce, but it's a good policy. They're well, yeah. you know how crazy it is on the road. You find the right people, and yeah. they're willing to, to give it up. This yep. is true. Yep. This is true. I'm not saying I wouldn't be willing to give it up. Um, 
I'm not I, willing to give it up. I will say <laughs> TK. I am. And <laughs> TK and then Shane and Travis and um, I have been always, <laughs> this is crazy to say out loud, but here I am. I've always been taught that if I can't drink on the job, what's the point? <laughs> I mean. You know, I was kind of in that I same, uh, I was in that same, uh, on that same team for many years. I, yeah. What I saw people, I get to play fun music. I get to hang out with great people, mm-hmm. and I get to drink while I work. <laughs> people used to always ask me, too, like, is it a, you know, is it a good job? Is it a fun job? I'm like, I get paid to drink. Yeah. <laughs> We're sponsored by Jack Daniels. How hard is it, though, to go out to a regular bar and be a patron? I feel like sometimes it's like, wow, this is nice to be on this level. And then other times I'm like, how much is this whiskey? Yeah. It's, yeah. There's that part okay. of it that's yeah. really tough. Yeah. There's so that that to me splits into two different realms because okay so there's two different roads here, mm-hmm. one of the roads goes two different ways, so the road of the whiskey piece mm-hmm. like yeah when you go out and you see what people are paying to get a cocktail it amazes me crazy <laughs> but the other part of it is like seeing the lack of selection that a lot of places have mm-hmm. makes me crazy where I'm like like when we were I took the family to Osaka last night we walked in and I was like they have like yeah. five whiskeys and none of them are really any good you might be hoity-toity at this point. You've been spoiled <laughs> and elevated in the whiskey game. It makes me sad, like, <laughs> tear, <laughs> tear, because people are drinking this other stuff, and they don't know that there's stuff that's better out <laughs> yeah, there. I, know, was, I was there for a while. And the Japanese know. really know their bourbons, and they really know their, uh, well, all their brands. Rice wine. That's yeah. the thing, sake. Yeah. So then the other side of that coin is. Oh. What's the other side of the coin? The other side of that coin is, like, when you go out and you're listening to DJs, yes. Danny G. Yep. Like weddings, especially, it's hard to not be critical of the performance, the Ain't equipment the they truth. have, because we always, you know, you and I especially always mm-hmm. try to raise the bar, make yes. sure we have the best gear, make sure we put on the best performance, yes. make sure we give people the most value for the, what they're paying us to be there. Yes. And you go to some of these weddings, Tom, I don't know if you run into this, but you're like, what is this guy doing? Yes. Or oh. gal. Oh, it's rough. When they but don't then, come out from behind their system for the whole wedding, and you're like, what are they paying you for? Or, like, there's gap between songs, and you're like, but what's the point? Like, are you ending a record and starting a new one? Even, I'm sure, Tom and his discotheque could overlap a song or two. Right. It's called well, before there was Rampy beat Ramp Ramp. Yeah. I was beat mixing before that was even popular, but and it wasn't sometimes even intentional. Yeah. But what was more important was play the music they want to hear. Exactly. You know, you don't have to be a professional beat mixer. You know, that's fun. To hit them with their hits. And it's, yeah, hit them with the hits and let them enjoy the good songs. And sometimes, and a lot of disc jackies would never play the same song twice. And I'm sometimes like, you gotta. Play it early and play it late. Do whatever. I don't know. know. These I days you don't even need a beat mix. You just match the colors. And color matching. You know it. <laughs> whoop, whoop. You know it. Poor KG always talking about the color matching. You know. When, when you have the technology, why not use it, right? Yeah. I remember when we, f- when I first learned how to digital, um, and I always kept CDs in my in my two cassettes because I knew there was gonna be a glitch, there was gonna be a something, and I need to have the cha cha slide and the cupid shuffle ready to go. Yeah. Does that happen, Killer Kyle? You ever have glitches? Uh, yeah. Well, Macarena <laughs> on a record. <laughs> That's Sorry. another episode. That one's broken. You better watch oh that one. Oh, my gosh. Right? That's right. <laughs> Those songs that we play. Uh, when I was younger, it was uh, it was uh, Sugarland. Uh, Shit Happens? No, Sugarland, the band. Uh, the yeah, first rap happened. 
the hip, the hop, the hippie to the hippie, the hippie. Sugar Hill, Hill gang. gang. Sugar Hill. That's way sugar. different. I was than like Sugarland. Sugar I'm, I'm like, sorry. You said younger, I and said then you said Sugarland, and I was like, what? I was like, when I was younger, Sugarland was popular when you were in your. What was the name of the song I'm just talking about? Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. Not a test. I'm rocking to the beat. I know that song by heart because we played it thousands of times. <laughs> I got to tell you, on yes. a side note, I was living in Aspen in uh, 1980, and I met a. I was just, you know, we were working at the coolest club in Aspen, and long, long story, but I met this gal, and we had an argument about rap music. And I'm like, nah, this is a fad. This is not. This is cool and it's fun, but I don't. It's not. She says, you're nuts. And I'm like, hey, I'm a professional disc jockey. I know what I'm talking about. Rap music is just going to be here for a little while and it's going to fade away. And boy, wouldn't she like to talk to me now? Oh, I bet she would. Like 40 <laughs> years <laughs> later, here it's still <laughs> happening. And the only thing that was really happening back then was uh, Sugar Hill Gang and uh, Rapper's Delight. Mm -hmm. And my gosh, anyway, that was a side note. But that was like, okay, not to get on a soapbox. But back then, Sugar Hill Gang, George Clinton, like yeah. all that stuff. It was new Rap and novel. was very different George then yeah. than it is now. Oh, yeah. Like, to, to me, rap in today's music era is very demoralizing. I think it says all the things you don't want about society between how they... It depends on the... It's got all the Samuel Jackson words in it. How they objectify women <laughs> and they talk about... I don't want to put a label Illegal on activities all of it. And I don't want to put a label on out of it because there's a lot of everything. But the most popular people out there: Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg. Those aren't the popular people anymore. But I like okay. that you sound old. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, can I tell you one quick story about George Please Clinton, do. and then we should go to uh, Tom's picture. Uh, my husband, big fan of funk, likes funk. And he got tickets to George Clinton and the, and the Parliament Funkadelics. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I'm going to go. My husband, when I met him, was a tattoo artist. And so this was, I mean, right before I think we started dating. And he was like, I'm going to George Clinton. I'm going to go do this. And I was like, cool. I had no idea who that was. Um, and we were just friends at this point. But he got funk, F-U-N-K, across his knuckles because he was like, Funkadelic. Mm -hmm. And he still has them. Sure. And he said that was... A rockin'. Funkadelic was rockin'. a huge deal. Oh, yeah. He loves it. So to this day, he still has funk across his knuckles, and now he's a mechanic. So they're probably like, what? Don't ask. But I'm, I'm funky. <laughs> George Clinton. Funky Cole Medina. That's right. Go on with your bad self. Who we got here, TK? I don't know. We have a segment of our show where they go into my archives, and they pull out a picture. His basement. Oh, this is great. What is it? I haven't Sometimes seen the pictures are black and white. Who did? This is black and white. Who is it? That is um, Ricky Van Shelton. Yeah. And look what a stud he was. I mean, he was just the coolest. So smooth. He had uh, the golden voice. I mean, he had the golden voice. He had a big hit, and we were talking about it. I think we were talking about it a few days ago, um, From a Jack to a King. And uh, from a jack to a king, Killer Kyle, who originally did that? Uh, maybe you can pull that up. But he was, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, like Nashville spits him out. They make him popular, and he was hugely popular because he had that great country classic voice. He uh, covered a couple of uh, songs from uh, some country legends. Ned Miller. Ned Miller. That was a Ned Miller song. 
And the other song that we uh, he did was Statue Rupert. of a Fool. Okay. I was going to just make some you know, shit I, what, You know, I, <laughs> I wish we could actually pull up a couple of lines of that. But what a great voice and what a nice man. And he was just humble. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I think he's probably still alive and he still does some shows. But he doesn't look like this at <laughs> all anymore. He can't always look that good. And I'm sorry, Ricky Van Shelton. I'm sure you'll never hear my show or our show. You gained a lot of weight. <laughs> Don't say you that. What if you listen? Listen, uh, if you hear that, you come on our show and you defend yourself. Thank you But he was much. such a very nice man, and uh, everybody in the crowd was so thrilled to see him because he had some, he had like a half a dozen songs out there nice. that were just smoking hot. and He was just a wonderful, great, as typical of a lot of the country artists, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. I love he'll, it. He'll be turning 70 on the 12th of this month. Nice. On the 12th of next month? This month. This month. Wow. You got a picture of him? Hey, Kyle, you guys must have the same birthday, except it's not yours isn't the 12th. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> but you're not nearly 70, Kyle. Not nearly. Not no. yet. No. Kyle is uh, an enigma. We don't know how old he is. I know he old could he is. be 35. He could be 55. No one knows. So there you go. There's Ricky Van Shelton, cool guy, great guy, just one of the sweetest voices. I, love I mean, it. do you have anything you can pull up of his, Kyle? A video. Let's say, take it a look. As far as Kyle's birthday is concerned, it rhymes with Schmorty Schmate. Schmorty Schmate? Okay, good. Schmorty Schmate. Schmorty Schmate. Uh, this year's I'll, the Schmorty Schmate. I'll check a look at my cipher and figure if I can figure that out. Schmorty <laughs> Schmate. You gotta have the right decoder ring. Yeah, I know. You do. Get you eat, do. More, eat more cereal, you'll you get a decoder ring. Eat more cereal. <laughs> Drink, no, drink Send more it. Ovaltine, right? Ship it. Is that what it was? Drink more <laughs> Ovaltine. Ship it. Hey, TK, I got a random question for you. Yeah. What do you listen to in your spare time? You know, um, we listen to Christian music. Do you? And, Is uh, it like KTIS or yep. are you or just and then, uh, pick your own? Something on the, the television that will come through. And You know, I still listen to country music. I'll listen to Bob. And, uh, you know, they're playing the great country music. And shout out to Neil Freeman. Nice. Oh, Neil's going to be on the show. Yeah, Neil's going to be on the show. Come on over. Yeah, and uh, come on now. But you know, I got to tell you, that's a great question. I I got, and there are other avenues. There's Bluetooth. You know, I could listen to Siri music or whatever. But the disc jockeys on the radio got so, and the commercials and and the disc jockeys got so crazy and annoying. Is that Ricky Van? That's what's saying. Wow. He looks actually pretty good there. He but does. I know he went uh, pretty much bald, which is not a bad thing. That's why you wear a hat. Oh, that's a great picture of him. You know who cares about getting bald? People who get who are balding. No one else cares. <laughs> Just the balding people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Danny? Yo. It was so cool having you on. Yeah, I'm here I every week. I know we could go I'm on for hours and hours and talk about all the old things that happened and uh, are growing up and maturing in our business and uh you know what i'll just keep giving you shit every single week i like it and uh loving on you and your wife your voice is always a welcome asset to our show and, thank uh, you especially when we least expect it and when you can hear <laughs> it yeah, exactly danny george productions that's right danny geo productions danny geo.com facebook backslash danny geo productions instagram at danny geo uh tiktok i have a tiktok yeah she it, does have is TikTok. it danny geo i think 
Um, that's so random. But also, um, I mean, just being the producer of the show, make sure you take out, check out Boots and Backstraps on Linktree. You can find our Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and you should find us on all um, podcast platforms. Absolutely. Like, share, comment. We would love to have your engagement because uh, we think we're pretty awesome and we think you're pretty awesome, so let's uh, get together. Well, my job's done. I think I'll just get up. All right. See you, Shane. <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining us this week for another episode of Boots and Backstraps. Don't forget to set your send your questions or ship them. Ship them. Ship your questions, comments, and snide remarks over to Boots and Backstraps <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. Um, TK? Well, folks, whether you're uh, belting out your favorite country song or out there pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps way deep in the woods tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. <laughs>